Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host this week, Ryan. Joining me is Crofton. How's it going, man? Energy. Hey, energy. Uh, if we do a diagram of the energy levels mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. we're at the high point right Up now. Here. Hi, woo! Up above. If you're watching the yeah. video, it's like right at the top of my amiibo shelf. Yeah, I wanna. I wanted to start the show high energy because you know what? This is episode eleven of Dungeons and Diapers. That's the podcast you're listening to. We have made it into the uh, the second part of double, double digits. Double digits. Yeah, woo! crazy. It's funny to think that we are pretty much, I think, at the point where the one-year anniversary of the uh, of the con- uh, almost said conception. I think I made that joke last week, but the idea of the conversation that this podcast came from. So we're here. We've done. We full circle. Oh God, Ryan! You sound like my wife, where she's like, "Hey, yo, it's the anniversary of the first time that we." met to discuss the possibility of becoming a couple <laughs> true and, and i'm and i'm like oh geez now it's the anniversary of our dating and i thought you were gonna say like <laughs> our marriage and then it's why don't you remember the children's birthdays true it just goes true. on and on well i, can't he, I know maybe maybe i'm maybe i'm thinking too much about this but it'll, it'll take You're a too while romantic i guess i am a romantic i have been known but uh tonight we do have a full slate of some fun stuff including maybe a little bit of politics not to get all sleeping with the elephant on y'all but it's it's provincial politics but the concept will be interesting to discuss because ashley and i had a had an interesting conversation based on on that so don't worry it has nothing to do with the the lovely uh country to the south we're both canadians but what we are going to talk about let's delve speaking of which let's delve into some dungeons let's get into some darkness and let's talk about resident evil 2 because i want to start things off with what is probably the the most gruesome game i've played in quite some time so you've got resident evil 2 i'm playing on xbox one x 4k big tv game and I noticed as well that you're playing Resident Evil 2 on your PS4 Pro. So how, you seem to have a, 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 an interesting take on it because you've been playing, like you, you mentioned, with your wife. So is it kind of like a like a, a tandem gaming type thing where, you, where is, is she's playing with you or she just kind of watches over that zombie, you know, that sort of thing? So, okay, Resident Evil 2, the remake that, that it just just come out i kind of impulse bought over the weekend and my mm-hmm. wife pushed me over the edge she's like oh yeah i get it i'll watch and i was like oh sweet deal my wife actually likes watching like narrative focused games mm-hmm. you know something where where you're you're hitting narrative beats fairly regularly and she likes puzzles and stuff like that and she likes scary games and resident oh. evil kind of fits fits all of that together and we have been together so long that she actually watch me play the original resident evil 2 on nintendo 64 what really yeah how long have you guys been that came out in the 90s yeah i know yeah we've been together since 1999 and uh wow congrats i had uh, the the n64 edition of resident evil 2 came out a bit later and there were very few m-rated for uh, m-rated games she also watched me play code veronica on Mm. dreamcast which was uh, the one I think that she she really liked um, watching the most, 
And uh, yeah, so it's funny because even she'll be like, "Oh, th- this is different than I remember," or whatever. <laughs> she she has she has memories of it as well. So yeah, it is really f- I, I that added element for me. It's like a it's like the perfect sort of uh, game to uh, play with your wife uh, with my wife watching. I will say though, I agree a hundred percent with what you said. It is extremely like gory. The graphics are now at a point where they can mm. re- represent the. All the grossness. I'm not sure if you you noticed they go full tilt on that in the intro. The very first scene of the game in the intro is this truck driver and he's eating a hamburger, and uh, <laughs> it's yeah. super nasty. You will never feel like it's you see the hamburger. burger, man. Oh god, Ugh. yeah. Uh, really just nasty and i was like oh they're just showing off at this point they're foreshadowing the disgustingness that's to come right? yeah th- this game uh, honestly i it's funny you mentioned resident evil 2 and the N- n64 because that's my experience my first experience with resident evil i was not a playstation person i knew of resident evil but i didn't really try it until uh, i rented resident evil 2 on the n64 did not get very far i distinctly remember the intro of the liquor uh, in which they do not replicate that scene in this one from what I've what I've experienced, which is kind of a bummer, you know. I kept. It's funny you mentioned that because I was on pins and needles waiting for that scene. I couldn't remember where it happened. In the it was in the hall, like the first hallway, that first long hallway you come across after the yeah. first little bit of the game, and and they they took it out. The liquor comes comes across a little later, I think, in this remake. And I will be honest, like I was dreading the liquor because. Mm-hmm. The graphics are so good, and it's so uh, freaky. And and now that you, there's not fixed camera angles, they they take all sorts of chances in terms of scaring the crap out of you. They do <laughs> like little tricks. So I was like, oh man, how are they going to do that liquor scene? Because they don't. It's not. They don't cue a CG movie anymore. They everything's in game, and and so when one. I encountered one for the first time, which was also in a hallway kind of upstairs. It it just kind of surprised me. Like, there didn't seem to be any big intro to it. And I thought, man, maybe I wasn't looking in the right spot. Like, maybe you had to be looking mm-hmm. somewhere. But I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one that missed it. No, yeah, it, it didn't pop up. And the, the crazy thing for me and, and what I been experiencing is because uh we got a you know we got the 4k upgrade we have resident evil 2 on the xbox one x i have been more inclined to try to play more tv games and we have one tv in the house uh and that sort of introduces this new issue where you know as soon as the kids go to bed we have this opportunity for ashley and i we you know we can watch tv together or we can go our separate ways and i can play video games on the computer and she can watch her shows that that she watches and that's been like a, a bit of a struggle because Resident Evil 2 is not a game that she would want to watch me play because it is rather gruesome. Although the puzzles, I think, in this game make like make this more of a, I hesitate to say, an accessible game um, because it isn't just I'm trying to scare you. It's also some logic puzzles and inventory management is also a puzzle of its own. So there is some something there for folks, but I didn't get a lot of uh i was trying to play through a good chunk of it before i recorded um zombies ate my podcast where we would obviously oh right yeah of course we obviously talked about resident evil 2 on that one so rather than playing on the xbox i had it uh it was the weekend so abby was napping and caden was watching 
Paw Patrol with Ashley or they were watching The Incredibles, I think. I can't remember. but So I decided to stream the game from the Xbox One X to my PC to play it. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not perfect, but it, uh, it it gave me the opportunity to get a couple more hours in before the podcast. And Ashley was nice enough to say, like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll you know I'll hang out with Caden. We'll watch this movie, and then when when it's done, we'll we'll group back up and you know finish off the rest of Sunday." And it was a it was interesting because again, like, I had to kind of keep one headphone in and one headphone out to make sure, like. If Caden came running in, I had to pause it in a way where there was nothing on screen because, like, I don't. Yeah, Tago had a risky game to play. Eh? Well, he he's in the other room, and I don't have a door in my office. So as long as I like, if I if I hear him coming, then it's pretty easy to just close it down because it's just like, think of it as like watching a, a YouTube video with with uh, low as low latency as possible because you're yeah you're sending controller signals back and forth, but. It worked quite well. It's not the ideal way to play any game yet, but uh, it offered the ability to 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 play the game when I didn't have access to the TV and I didn't feel like moving the Xbox. But um, kind of reminds me of you of the Wii U days. But that that that's the thing about the Wii U. Like that thing was the perfect console for well, outside of the Switch, I suppose. But the Wii U was a really great console because you could turn the TV off and think, oh, you want to watch Paw Patrol? Okay, I'll I'll just. I'll play the Wii U, and I guess the Switch is exactly that, except a lot, a lot more portable. But uh, and I'll be honest, like I have a PlayStation Vita, mm-hmm. and I have a PlayStation Four. I have yet to try like the remote play on that, and and I I wonder if it would be like, is it the best kept secret in the world? Could I be playing my games on my Vita up in bed and freeing up the TV or whatever? I don't know. I don't no, know. I, I I hear good things. Um, you're still gonna want like a. Well, here's the thing. The difference between playing me playing on a computer and you playing on the Vita is that the Vita only requires a small amount of resolution power and and to get that signal sent across sent wirelessly to your Vita is a lot different than trying to to, to send a 1080p signal across even a gigabit, you know, internet. So I think it, you should definitely try it because I've heard really good things. And if you have a Vita just hanging around like that's probably a uh, like I don't know like do you have you have multiple TVs in the house like do you often find that you have to kind of give up you know obviously share TV time uh, we do we do have multiple TVs mm-hmm. um, and and uh, one is right at the base of the stairs like up to where the kids bedroom is if I had if we got like a headphone solution there or you know like in the case of the PS4 it's like it's plugged into the TV downstairs am I going to move it all the way upstairs likely not right mm-hmm. um but uh but no my, my wife and I do a fairly good job of of splitting um splitting the TV it, it, when we both kind of recognize when the other one is really invested into something mm-hmm. uh and and you know TV like we only have Netflix so like technically we could stream on laptops on phone and whatever and so so just if she's watching a show and she knows I'm in the middle of a big PS4 game you know she will generally like uh, watch her show on another device which is super nice obviously <laughs> but Resident Evil is an exception whereas that we're playing it together I'll be honest ryan with resident evil i feel like and it's rare that i ever say this about a game but i feel like i put in an hour maybe a little more and i'm like i need a break now right like it's it's intense it really like i i was telling jess last night i think this 
and it could be a combination of the, the graphical fidelity and the TV and, and, and the PS4 Pro and all that sort of stuff. I've never had had it so good. But I, I think this might be the scariest video game I've ever played in my life. Like, oh, really? I can't, I can't think of a scarier game. Well, I played uh, Resident Evil 4, and it's, it's far scarier. Um, what? No. Or not Resident Evil 4, sorry, Resident Evil 7. Uh, that one oh. is much scarier than this one. See, I... I and that I will be honest, I have not played Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. So like, that's scarier than this. But there's no like liquors, isn't it? Just no. a family or well, something. See, it starts off as a family. Resident Evil Seven is one of those, but it's also first person. So there's a lot more opportunity. Like, you talk about the fixed camera angles. Uh, you talk about the fixed camera angles of Resident Evil Two, the, the first one, and the ability to to hide jump scares in and around that that camera angle choice. Uh, with Resident Evil 7, it's the same thing. You have a first-person view, so you can easily... Like, it, Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, in the, even the remake, has those abilities to kind of warp around and, and kind of catch you off guard uh, via programming and, and sort of um, procedural stuff. But with Resident Evil 7, like, you know, there's nothing stopping the game from warping something behind you, and as soon as you turn around, it's like, oh my god, there's something there. And there are those moments in that one. I think the first-person claustrophobicness kind of really heightens the tension um but resident evil 2 like there are moments like there are clearly moments that they're setting up with like the dogs and the liquors and and uh i'm right now doing my second playthrough uh the second run as leon i finished my claire playthrough and yeah like it's uh it's freaky and there are moments where like you're running through an area where you're familiar and then all of a sudden you realize like oh they're not going to do the same thing and then they do something different and it, and it catches so you, you start you took Claire. You started with Claire. Yeah, I found um, I found Claire like more interesting. Like I played the demo and I played as Leon, and Leon kind of seemed like you know white bread type stuff, like really plain. Yeah, Claire seemed was, to have more of an attitude. Yeah, and he definitely was uh, in the you know first cop, first day on the job type thing. Mm-hmm. I gave Jesse the choice. Uh, I just said, which who do you want me to play as? And I thought for sure she was going to take Claire, but no, she. She went Leon, maybe because he was just by default the one that was selected or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, but we've been we've been playing as uh, Leon, and I'll be honest, like I wish I hadn't read so much in the reviews and all of that stuff before I played. I'm not at the part with Mister X yet. Mm. Um, however, I would have liked to have been surprised there because now. All the reviews pretty much mentioned Mr. X very early on. And I remember when I played Resident Evil on the N64, that was a huge surprise. I totally didn't see him coming. And there had been, you know, this is like kind of pre-internet in a way. And it wasn't it wasn't a, a big talking point, like, with regards to the game. And so I was like, and maybe he comes in really late uh, in that. But, like, when, when he... When he does come in, I'm not going to be surprised. Now, Jessie's not into it as much as I am. She's not on the internet. She's not reading the reviews of this stuff. I expect I've I've left it out. I've left him out. But I'm, I expect when he drops, it's going to scare the living hell out of her, which yeah. will be awesome. There, he he has an entrance, and and uh, the second playthrough kind of uh, you know spoils his entrance pretty quickly. Um, but I think the first playthrough does not hint at all, and then he just shows up, and you're like, "Who is this thing I now have to deal with?" But yeah, it's a bit of it's a bit of a spoiler. But honestly, like the memes out there of you know Mr. X, Mr. X gonna give it to you type compilations that have uh, have really caused a stir. But I'm 
I'm really enjoying the game, and and um, anytime I have a chance to to boot it up on the Xbox, I have been have been playing it. I don't know what it is. It's just it's it's that mix of puzzle uh, inventory management and just the right amount of action and ability to and tension and ability to run around zombies and stuff and conserve ammo. It's just it's all there and it's all clicking. It's really good. So, question for you mm-hmm. about it, just because I'm too scared to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know when Resident Evil 4, uh, and the first one to introduce that sort of behind-the-back perspective, if you, like, shot a zombie in the kneecap or whatever and he fell on his knees, you could run over and suplex him with Leon. <laughs> or you could do, or you could do, like, you could shoot him in the face and then they grab their face and then you could do a roundhouse kick and smoke him. Yeah. And it, I, I'm just, like, I don't ever get close enough to the zombies mm-hmm. to try any of this stuff in this game. I just kind of assume that it's tonally de- wouldn't work so they that you can't do those things, like there's no physical attacks. But I do know when they grab you, if I have a knife or a grenade, it allows me to use that just like it did in Resident Evil 4, I think. Yeah, they do not have the, the close quarters combat where you can kind of stun them and then go up there and give them a swift kick there's there's no finishers either the best you can do and and this was good advice i got from lou uh was that when you take when you shoot them in the head and they they go down you kind of run up and you have your knife equipped and you kind of just slice them a couple times you're gonna take you're gonna take less durability damage on that knife by by doing a couple slashes as opposed to um actually stabbing them Okay, yeah, because I never have a knife anymore. They all break on me. I know, because they grab you, right? And I think, like, there's enough ammo in the game where you you do still want to shoot the zombies, but there's not a point in which you want to kind of um, just try to slice them. It's not like Resident Evil 7 where you're trying to conserve ammo that much. But, yeah, no, I I think the grab mechanics work well. Uh, It can be a bit of a bummer when, when you accidentally have a grenade equipped and then you have to use a grenade to escape. But um, I just let them bite me. I'm like, I'm not you. You know what? Between you and this grenade, just take a chunk of my neck. That's pretty much what I like saving my grenades until until I'm like in deep shit. And I will be honest, that liquor fight when I was how did that end up? Like he jumped on. I used a grenade or something. I was mm. in the danger zone. I, I'm actually quite impressed at how rarely I die. But um, but I tend to. Uh, have some pretty pretty close calls i'm enjoying it as well i do find it funny um that somebody would be listening to the show a dad show and be Mm -hmm. like talk about detailed zombie horror but uh but at the same point like it's cool that we're both playing the same game and it is a little bit like it and kingdom hearts are kind of the two uh big talking points ironically the kingdom hearts I don't think you're playing. I'm not playing no, either. I I um I can't. I just I don't know enough about it. I I I watched a bit of a stream of it and it's like I I don't know. It just does not look it's not for me. And that's fine. I know it's for a lot of folks. They sold 5 million copies, which is awesome. So, I'm glad people are are digging digging the re- return of that game series, but uh, it's just not well, my, my cup of tea. My my brother and his wife, like, um, they, they're Disney-aholics, first mm. of all. But but also, when they were dating, their sort of, like, games to get together were, were those Kingdom Hearts games, the first two. Oh, there you and go. They, they re- like, I'm guaranteed that it is a big, you know, they've been highly anticipating it and all this. And it is kind of funny, because the only Kingdom Hearts game I really played was the first one on PlayStation 2. And uh, 
what I, you know, I just think it's funny that the series now is known for being inaccessible because I thought the whole point was to kind of make it like take the worlds of Disney and and, and make a Final Fantasy style game more accessible for mm. the general public. But instead, they've gone down the rabbit hole in the complete other di- direction. And uh, part of me wants to play it because, you know, it looks it looks sweet. I like Disney movies and stuff. <laughs> Maybe Gwen would like it, even though she hasn't seen half of the movies. But another part of me is just like, no, you know what? I need to play eight other games first. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, no, I... Don't get me wrong, I'm tempted as well, but uh, the the research and the time commitment required is just too much. Like I've I've uh, yeah, it's tough. I think that uh, I think that people people are really into that, and I've heard like you don't need to play the in betweens. You can just play like a version of one and a version of two, and I think you can buy like the whole bundle on the PlayStation Store for like fifty bucks. And but yeah, I'd much rather live through other folks on that one. I, it's and i don't think i don't think it's a type of game that you could play with your kids in the room because like it's pretty like it's it's pretty low bar but it looks pretty high level like there's a lot of fighting in it and i, I think there's no like swearing it's still disney they got a bar to, to to keep under but i don't know it's just not my uh not my thing but um you've been playing uh zelda wind waker yeah, and I talked about it last week, and I talked about how for kids in particular, it's it's difficult to know what age is sufficient for watching a video mm-hmm. game. Um, Wind Waker, I had thought about way too much. I, I, I got in my own head. I was like, is this too old for Gwen? No, it's perfect. And we've been having a blast, and we're actually pretty far into the game. Um and it is a really, it is really fun. It is really great for playing with your kids. The one thing, like the criticism that I throw at the Wind Waker is, um, and this predates a lot of the open world mechanics that we lo- know and love slash hate now. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of games have the towers to unlock areas. Um, yeah. You know, you you climb a tower in Far Cry and Assassin's Creed and whatever, and you unlock a bunch of icons or a bunch of stuff. Well, at Wind Waker, they have that too, except it's feeding fish. Um, and instead of uh, feeding one fish per like giant area, you're literally feeding them in every quadrant of your map. So there's longitude and latitude. You're sailing your boat and there's a, there's probably like 40 quadrants hmm. and each one has a fish in it. And if you don't feed that fish, then you don't get the map for that area. Plus, they generally have valuable information on top of that. But, man, I can't blame Gwen. She's getting, she's like, do we have to feed the fish, Daddy? I'm like, yes, Daddy's got to feed the fish. We got to fill Be all quiet. the squares in. <laughs> Be quiet. We got to get the whole damn map. And she's like, but uh, <laughs> it's so boring. Let's just go to the... Let's just go stop the bad guy who kidnapped your sister. And I'm like, no, no, I need to fill these squares. She'll be but, fine. but um yeah, it should be fine. Time doesn't pass like that in games. Come on, kid. But <laughs> uh, but but so there is a lot of little shit like that that's kind of annoying. But generally, really, really great for playing with like a four year old watching. Yeah, I think it's early on, but there's a moment where you get put in a cannon and they shoot you. Has that happened yet? Because I feel like kids would love that moment. Oh yeah, that happens very early on. And yeah. um, again, there was just like a a series of moments early on that are that are uh, amazing for for Gwen fairies there's a castle under the sea like she pretends 
that there's castles under the sea and she's a mermaid all the time. Like it, it's almost as if that game was custom designed to hit all her boxes. And um, no spo- spoiler, no spoiler. Princess Zelda is in the game, hmm. and uh, it is the legend of said Zelda. Yeah, it's true, and uh, but they don't tell you who she is right off. It's not clear. Like it's a bit of a surprise, like where you find out, and it's actually another character mm-hmm. that that is Princess Zelda. And there's kind of a reveal scene at one point, and at that reveal scene, like she gets a whole princess dress and her whole thing, and and uh, when that happened, I was just watching Gwen as like the magic goes around her and she turns into a princess, <laughs> and she was just like. Oh my God! This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know that was her. Uh, that was the Darth. That was her Darth Vader moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. She's she turned to the the game side at that. Well, point. I meant more like Darth Vader, you, Luke, you are my father type thing. Or no, that's not right. Yeah, I am your father. Whatever you know it, what I mean. Ex- except in a positive way. Like it was like she's yeah. Like, oh my God! She's it's a, a positive princess. moment. And and now when she's doing her pretend story, she often has a scene where somebody finds out that her princess and oh. magic surrounds and magic surrounds them and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So the Wind Waker has been uh, amazing and it's mm-hmm. really cool because it's like I've got you know my wife and I are playing this survival horror masterpiece, and then tonally on the other side of the spectrum, my daughter and I are playing this other game. So it's it's really really cool. Uh, I find right now, uh, because as we sort of spoke about last week, winter in Canada is brutal. Hmm. Not all screen time is the same. Uh, you can have valuable screen time with your, your significant others that kind of brings you closer. And I, I, I truly believe this is this is some of that in particular. And uh, the last thing I'd say in the dungeons for me is I also have a game that I'm playing, um, a separate to the ones I'm playing with my family, it's called Cross Code, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, pixel art sort of um, Zelda-like uh, game on Steam right now. They've now announced it for Switch. It's oh, actually cool. on sale on Steam. It went on sale the day after I bought it. Thanks for nothing, Steam. Well, you could um, turn it and get the sale price, but how much is the sale really like? Worth yeah, it? it's twenty. It not only is it just twenty percent, but the other thing is I love this game so much that I want the developers to get. It's like it's a twenty dollar game. I, oh, I yeah. want them to get as as much money as is possible uh, for this because it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic game looks great feels great playing with the controller like it just feels like thumb candy it goes down so smooth and there's puzzles there's action i'd heard about it on on a couple of podcasts that i listened to people are kind of discovering this game uh now and uh i i gotta say like if you're if if you're looking for something you just feel like oh, i got a gaming void right now it's it's winter i want something fun something relaxing the anti resident evil if you will this is that game it's really really great um i think there's it's i think it's fairly long it takes place within a game so it's meta in that way it takes place within an mmorpg um <laughs> And so there's a lot of characters like NPCs in a town that'll be talking about like, oh, the the last patch really screwed up the game, and, and it's all it's all like sort of in jokes and stuff like that. But the story itself is is seemingly very good, and the it just feels good to play. Mm-hmm. There's puzzles that are satisfying to solve. If you're looking for a cheap, 
fun game that'll get you a lot of hours. Uh, for me, CrossCode has been scratching the itch to the point where, like, sometimes I'm playing Resident Evil 2, which is AAA, you know, $80 game, and I'm like, oh man, you know, this is getting pretty tense. I kind of like to play CrossCode instead, you know, and I That's put it good. down and, and, and switch. So definitely, uh, definitely uh, worth getting. And I'd say for those who can wait, you know, it'd be a perfect Switch game as well. So good game, CrossCode. Oh, sounds interesting. I'll check it out. It sounds really cool. Uh, well, that's going to do it for the dungeons. Let's uh, head on over and change some diapers. Uh, first and foremost, I want to know, uh, bef- let's not get into the, let's save the, the, the politics for a little later. But uh, Gwen's first time skating, you took her skating. Now, did you go on the canal or did you find like a smaller area, less daunting? For her. smaller area there's a rec center near our house and mm-hmm. honestly like she, gwen's four and that's that's i think about perfect i i put a lot of pressure on myself and and i see other parents do it to get their kids into like be it swimming skating skiing at very very young age you think like the you know? harder less like the hard not the harder sports but the more the more younger, it's like learning a new language. Like the you do it earlier and it's a lot easier. And I think like skating, skiing, and swimming are three of those ones where they're common sports, especially here, especially skiing and skating in terms of Canada. And uh, skiing is one of those ones I never picked up because we never did it young. I did it once when I was in grade nine. I fell and and had a bit of a tumble and was like, well. That's skiing for me, folks. Now, that was at the end of the day. I had done a bunch of skiing before, and uh, <laughs> I'd done it. So you took you took Gwen skating. Uh, we've been thinking yeah. of doing this with Caden, actually. I think we're going to try this weekend, actually. But uh, It's totally, like, I, you know what? I feel bad because I kind of under, um, I guess my expectations for Gwen were very low, but which is which is honestly the opposite of most parents, I think. But True. Gwen had had been diagnosed with hypermobility, uh, which makes her more prone uh, to injury, and also makes it so that she may have a harder time with things like sports. And Jesse, um, her mom, has like her ankles hurt a lot when she skates and stuff. And I just mm-hmm. thought all of this is a recipe for disaster. But I asked Gwen. You know, do you want to go skating? Um, we had skates that were given to us uh, um, I, over a year ago. They're these adjustable skates, which is great because when your kid grows, you can like slide them out. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Uh, and saves you from buying skates every two months. Yeah, uh, that's nice. But uh, we went we went to the uh, to the rec center and they have a rink. There's like 200 rinks in the city of Ottawa. You can go on like their website. It's crazy how many rinks there are. And we have the this giant frozen canal that Ryan alluded to as well. Yeah, you don't the go to the canal. There's like 200 other rinks and you got yeah. Well, it's the I think the canal's melting skating, right now. <laughs> yeah, potentially it always is. But the world's longest skating rink is is in the city I live in, but like True. at the same time for Gwen's first time, we don't need the world's longest skating rink. Um, <laughs> no, because so, there are a bunch of people there. It's it, it, like, especially if you go on a weekend, I'm sure it's quite busy. But um, so these skates, are they? So we have ones for Caden, and I think we're doing. It's my father-in-law's birthday this weekend, and we're going to my sister-in-law's, and they have a pond that they freeze over. And and, he, and Caden has these. Uh, we've never done it, but taken them skating, but there are these like things that you attach to the bottom of his boots and and they and they strap on and those are the skates so like i'm wondering if like that's 
that's what you yeah. guys have. I know exactly what you're talking talking about. No, they're actually skates. Like I'm oh, holding okay. one up. I'm holding one up right here, and it's like it's not super fancy. It's like just a little plastic skate, but there's a button on the side, and it allows you to kind of slide the oh, size. Look at that. And uh, it, and it clicks in, and so it's very uh, huh. it's it's very useful in that regard. And honestly, she um. She did amazing. I couldn't believe it. Like, I expected – I think she – like, I don't remember how I did my first time, but I don't think as good as, as she did. And uh, the the funny part was I'd put my back out a little bit. Mm. So so uh, prior to, to going – so I'm, like, bent over like a hunch – hunch person right. and i'm like hold, and i'm holding her arms and she's just like she's standing up really well on herself she was um and this is this is funny this is like a testament to sort of tv in a way there was a peppa pig episode on skating where where uh, her brother george learned skating and they and they keep they keep saying there's like a, a mantra where it's like push push glide push yeah. push glide or something like that and she just kept saying that and doing it and then she was doing it and i was like i can't believe this you're doing amazing for your first time uh and she's like i'm just like george i'm like yeah i guess I'm like yeah but uh <laughs> but doesn't to- george also do like pirouettes and spins yeah and, yeah. and he can Ge- stop <laughs> it's true i see you're familiar george pulled oh, yeah. some pretty awesome moves yeah no she was not george level from peppa pig but she was she was very very good and it was just fun it was just a really good time and uh it was just one of those milestones where you're like oh you know you you'll i'll always remember like and it's just kind of for a snowy weekend day where like we're kind of snowed in it's cold and all of this sort of stuff it was just sort of like a bright spot i asked gwen what i like gwen what was the highlight of your day and she said, Zelda. And I said, good on you. After Zelda. And then she said, skating. And oh. I was like, that's great. Well, that's good. You know, skating is one of those things that I think it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, like a, tro- a trope or an expectation for Canadians. Oh, you gotta, everyone can skate up there. And it's like, I used to skate a lot when I was a kid. I'm, I'm a terrible skater now. Like Ashley's the skater in the family. And, uh, and, and yeah, so we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. Um, but you have also got in here that you're doing some trip planning. What kind of trip planning oh, yeah. are you doing? I think we can, we might want to talk about this a little more when I'm able to actually book something, but this is kind of funny. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was uh, apropos for this, uh, for this show sure. uh, that you and I, uh, can, um, uh, like I, I'm, I have not done a lot of traveling since I've had a kid. Like I have a four year old and I know a lot of people travel they've got they've got young kids and and, and they push themselves uh, my brother's doing it with with his his one-year-old and all this i'm just in the process of getting passports right now for the two girls and and uh hmm. we're looking at going down south like trips that kind of my wife and i used to do before we had kids like we go to these all-inclusives in mexico or in oh. cuba and all that sort of stuff uh, we have not obviously since we had kids and i just think it's so funny now like the whole process like um how you take a you you know like you look at uh at at hotels differently at like you know now there's packages it's like oh if you know kids kids would eat free if we Mm -hmm. went there and it's just so funny because i realized my whole mentality has shifted out of what i want from these places Mm -hmm. so we're in the process of of trip planning to go down south and i would ask any listeners if you have any good tips for planning a trip down south with two young kids 
please send them to me. And no, Lord Shaper, I do not mean Australia. I'm talking like South our hemisphere. Uh, so can it would be a long flight to Australia with two 20, small children. Twenty four hours would be crazy. Oof. I'm, yeah. Can you no, just uh, head in the other direction? And it's shorter, or no? That's not how flights work. Unfor- unfortunately, it's like right at the furthest point. I think yeah. the best idea would be to, to dig go through a the tunnel. Arctic. Yeah. Yeah, dig a tunnel. Yeah, because that always works in cartoons. Um, no, I, I actually, it's funny that you mentioned trip planning because, you know, right now we're at that phase with Caden and Abby where we're like, when we get invited somewhere, it's like, okay, how do we leave the kids here? for a strategic amount of time where the people watching them don't go crazy because Caden's fine. Caden can stay somewhere for a day uh, or two and, and he's right as rain. Obviously he misses us, but he sleeps and he, he interacts fine. He eats all that fun stuff, but, but Abby's still breastfeeding. So it's tough to leave her because she's still quite attached. Uh, so literally, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we're, we're the best we're doing is we're, we went to Niagara Falls last year or fall last year. And then we have a wedding in Toronto, uh, next weekend. So we're leaving the kids for, for a day. Um, but we can't do much more than that. But like what you're talking about is taking your kids with you. When we went South for my friend's wedding, we went to Mexico. It was a destination wedding. Uh, one of the folks there, I think, uh, my friend's sister had two small kids and they, and they brought the kids along the, the, the resorts are great places for kids. Like you just, like you just get to hang out. I think the worst thing about it would be cause you're going to Mexico and you're not bringing like your, you know, your mother-in-law along. I hope not. But, um, then you don't have a babysitter in the room and that's my biggest thing. What do you do once the kids go to bed? Like you, you go out one at a time or do they have would you trust yeah. the babysitters there like how does that work well I, and i know that some of these places have like kids clubs where you can actually leave your kids for the day it's like a daycare almost oh, or whatever so and they they do a bunch of fun activities and you can do stuff like i mean there's a lot there's a lot there at, at these places and it's just stuff that i you know i haven't thought of and it, next year we're planning on doing like meeting my my brother and his wife the disney holics at disney oh and doing doing a disney vacation and so we want to you know we would like to before jumping into that we'd like to do something this year and it is funny because gwen she's watching obviously watching zelda and stuff like that she turns to me she goes i would like to go to a beach and i said i would also like to go to a beach gwen and then she says I would like to be on vacation. I said, I would also <laughs> like to be on vacation. <laughs> wow, and we're then, so in sync. And, and then uh, I said, I said, but we, we don't have it right now, but we have Zelda. And then she's like, yeah, I guess that's all right. And then we're up having supper and she tells she tells Jesse, she's like, I want to go on a vacation to a beach. And, and Jesse's like, did daddy put you up to this? And I'm like, surprisingly not. She did this. <laughs> Zelda she did. did this, she did this herself with thanks, Link. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we're we're plan- we're looking to plan something. And uh, and so any tips uh, from folks is, are, are more than uh, welcome. I've never done a trip with kids before, mm-hmm. uh, you know plane stuff resort stuff like what are things i should look for anybody who wants to share that more than welcome uh tweet me 
Tweet them. Good stuff. Uh, so you want to get into your po- political rant, Ryan? I don't know if it's a rant. It's funny. Like I reacted very negatively, not very negatively, like more sarcastically and negatively to this this story. So just to give some context to folks before we dive in, uh, well, both Crofts and I live in the province of Ontario, which is in the country of Canada. Um, so right now we're going to discuss a possible policy change from uh, the Ontario PC government, which is basically the conservatives, right? Wait, wait, wait! Before your eyes glaze over, sure, yeah. People, people, listen. Hello, <laughs> I just—you've probably heard. Oh right, the, yes. This will get him back. <laughs> of the crack smoking mayor uh-huh. of Toronto, rest in peace. Who's, who smoked crack and is now dead? Well, get this: we elected his brother. Yeah, not we, to, not the royal we. Like, let's just put that out there. To to be the premier of the entire province, also used to be a hash dealer. So <laughs> we're pretty awesome. But that said, uh, now he is making a bunch of crazy policy decisions because guess get this he's crazy and he's uh and we're starting to to learn that maybe we shouldn't elect crack smoking hash dealers to Uh be our leaders but you know what it's a learning process again the royal we just yeah just throw that out there uh the funny thing is about this is that these stories are reminding me of what happened when when uh, Harper got full control is, is it's, it's a conservative government thing within our country to, to, to see these things as cuts, to see these things as changes. This is this story we're going to talk about it is, is directly a cut. Um, so basically what they're talking about is they have full day kindergarten in the province of Ontario. Um, and basically Doug Ford's camp had basically said like, Hey, we are not going to guarantee full day kindergarten after next year. So essentially saying, like testing the waters. We're thinking of getting rid of this. It cost the province 1.8 or is it 18 million or something? It's a high number. It was either 18 million or 1.8. 1.8 billion sounds way too high. I can't help you with numbers, so don't okay. look at me. Well, if <laughs> only we didn't have, if only we had the article linked here. But anyways, um, so they're, they're trying to get rid of, uh, they're thinking of getting rid of next. Yeah, here it is. It costs the government $1.5 billion a year. Um, and they're saying that what it could do is it, it, it what it does is it saves families thousands of dollars in, in year a year in childcare because if you're so here's the thing like if you have kindergarten full day your kids are there full time and uh, if you have kindergarten I think half days but they'd go down to then you're having to find something for your kids to do in an after school program or after school daycare which camp is not easy daycare is very expensive. Um, so it comes right down to it. Like uh, Gwen's in kindergarten, right? She just started, or she's in preschool. In J- sh- no, she's in a J- JK, junior kindergarten. Oh, okay. Is that different? But no, it's not. In in fact, um, this is the deal. Uh, she is. Uh, we we have actually written our first strongly worded letter to the school board, um, and it was not. A, it was predating this stuff with Doug Ford. Uh, and his government, who are who are looking at cat, you know, like mm-hmm. un unregulating class sizes and having tons and tons of kids, we felt that there was already too many kids in Gwen's class because pretty much the teachers told us there's too many kids in this class because they have to hit a <laughs> well, they, they sugarcoated they, it. They have to hit a magic number to get 
I guess, another teacher or to get, you know, like, or for them to break up the class. And they're like one shy of whatever that number was. I think it was like 30. So they had like 29 Jake, junior kindergarten and senior kindergarten kids for like one teacher and her, uh, she had a teacher's assistant, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's just chaos. Like in the winter, for those of you who live in sunny destinations, you definitely don't know the pain of dressing a child for the winter climate. But imagine dressing 30 of these kids in like snow pants and, and jackets. And like, I mean, they're supposed to be able to do it themselves, but whatever. They're like three, four, maybe five years old. Like it's just so already we're at a point where our class, our classrooms, uh, it feels like the, the teachers are understaffed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this might be a thing where, where there's people that have way shittier situations, maybe in the States and stuff that are like, Oh, what they get all this stuff. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, oh, it's definitely the case. Yeah. We're used to it, and it's sweet, and we don't want Doug Ford to take it away. So yeah, there's been a lot, and specifically to this change, uh, it's it's interesting because obviously I have not, I I've have experienced full day kindergarten, uh, or uh, experienced it in the sense that there are there were people in full day kindergarten when, like my younger brother, he was in full day kindergarten when when he first went to school, and I remember coming home. Now my mom. Uh, she she was uh out of work uh until until we were all back in school so she she left work to take care of us and we're doing something similar with Caden and Abby where Ashley is only working you know minimal part-time hours uh when it fits within the schedule but our our plan was always you know once once uh Caden's in kindergarten we'll be able to do more with with Abby and whatnot so to me, it doesn't really affect me personally. Like, I'll probably see what we would think are the savings in provincial taxes. Uh, but usually when they do these cuts, they don't suddenly give you exactly what they were taking away, the equivalent. Um, they usually put it somewhere else or say, like, hey, we put it back into into their budget. You know, um, that's the funny thing is, like, usually these changes, they people say, like, great, now I'm going to be getting a, a tax break. And, and the people who have been living off me and getting their kids free daycare. And that's what, yeah, funny enough, that's what Ashley said. She said, like, well, full-day kindergarten is just glorified daycare. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, there seems, there's got to be something that those kids are getting from, from being in a learning environment all day when they're that young and soaking it in, right? Like, am I wrong? No, you're you're right. In in in, uh, in Ontario, it's supposed to be bilingual, fifty fifty too. All kindergarten supposed to be half French, half English. Oh. And I will I will tell you right now that uh, my kindergarten for Gwen is not both. And when I asked the teacher why, she's like, "I got so many kids, yo." You know, like she, she <laughs> I can't speak French and English at the same time. But Thirty kids. No, I'm I'm not saying it exactly like that, but oh, like okay. she's she 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 definitely uh, she's like it's challenging to deliver the programming that we want to, and they desperately care about teaching, mm. and like and they have all sorts of um, things planned for the kids to you know to learn, but sometimes um, it's difficult for them to go through those exercises. And I, because Gwen was in daycare, seeing her in in this kindergarten i recognize that it's learning through play that's what they keep saying mm -hmm. and it really it really does like it really feels to me like there is stuff that she's getting out of it that's different than 
daycare, but there should be more and it could be, you know, it could be worse for future generations. And again, it's like mm-hmm. we're in a bad budgetary situation in Ontario and um, this this government is just deciding, you know, like let's let's pick all these things that aren't our base aren't interested in because our base are older rich folks mm-hmm. that don't really care about kindergarten age kids because they don't have them anymore, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's that. That's that's part of the the harsh reality. My my thing is that uh, you just got to be loud as a society in these situations, and I think Ontario is being is being pretty loud. Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is like this was such a non-committal. Like we're thinking about it, and and they did the same thing. This isn't you know uh, kids related, but they did the same thing with developing the green belt in Toronto. Toronto being the biggest, you know, most developed city in in the country, and there's this protected area. I think is it north of the city somewhere near the city and they're basically thinking like hey we could solve the housing market by building and demolishing this protected greenland and it's like uh you know it's protected for a reason and like uh this is this was in the same conversation i had with my father-in-law about uh doing the green belt uh, and he said oh yeah that's a great idea that'll fix all our problems and then i said like yeah just like buck a beer (laughs) he's like yeah i can't wait to get my molson canadian for 24 bucks and i'm like you really don't understand American uh, companies. I don't think they're going to do that. And they never did. And that's the thing. It's like Every government has its issues. Every new election has its issues. And uh, I have a feeling this is not the last we'll hear of the PC government on Dungeons & Diapers. Like, we'll be fair. And I think the fairest thing to say about this is that it was mentioned. I'm sure it won't happen because, like you said, Ontario is being very vocal about this. Like, I think there are other other things they can look at to save money and i don't think full day kindergarten is the first place you go like they could always they could always sell hash like that's (laughs) well they already are aren't they (laughs) like pretty much yeah yeah Yeah. well once edibles uh, come in we'll be fine it'll be it'll be fine oh yeah no it it'll be fine the the drug money will see us see us through the americans will be coming north for our drugs exactly come get our drugs uh speaking of which we got some listener feedback here uh jordan via twitter says is there a patreon i could throw some money at each month for weekly dungeons and diapers podcasts i mean this sincerely i will happily put my money where my mouth is uh thank you jordan for the for the kind words and the support on twitter uh craft and i like it's funny i think you responded to this very very pointly in saying that the balance of a bi-weekly show works quite well for both our schedules um but weekly i don't think is out of the question if 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 time were to permit um, no, I mean, I, I mean, at this stage of our life, like it is kind of funny hmm. when you look at the first episode of the show, and then you, <laughs> you look at when we released it, and then you look at the second of this show episode, and when we released it, we've gotten better at releasing episodes. I gotta say, I uh, think we hit a mark where we 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 committed to biweekly, and we've we've been on that mark, except for maybe taking a week off at Christmas. But honestly, like. I think the, the the biggest difference there was uh, I originally pitched bi-weekly because it was easy enough to kind of fit within isn't bi-weekly twice a week. I don't know. Is it? Every other week. <laughs> but is it bi- isn't it bi-weekly every second I week? think it means both. The English language is terrible. We should just speak uh, French for the rest of the episode. C'est bien. Yeah, okay. Oh, whoops. That's not French. I already failed. Ah, oh, my French teachers did. What was the what was the the French puppet they did in school when we were younger? I can't remember. 
Ryan, Dima 2 tu es tellement farfelu. Oui. Et, uh, et comique. Oh, yes. Very uh, funny. Um, but yeah, no, I think... Uh, I think weekly is something in the future we can look at, but I think uh, right now, by uh, every other week, just fits so much better into our schedules. But we do appreciate. Uh, oh, fortnightly. Okay, Lord Shaper, we will use this show as fortnightly. That makes it sound more epic too. I think. It it, it also sounds like we're plugging Fortnite, but uh... I'm fine with that. We get that Fortnite money. We won't need a Patreon if we get Fortnite money. Yeah, that's true. I, I I would say that like in terms of um you know scheduling and stuff like that, I know exactly where he's coming from. When I'm into a podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, oh geez, I gotta wait two weeks. Or when a new episode pops up on your on whatever you're listening to podcast uh, casts on, and I'm often excited. I'm like, oh great, there's a new episode of X show or Y show. Yeah, and and I really appreciate. Uh, you know, knowing that we are making at least one person feel the way that I feel when I look at my podcast, podcast sort of app and see a bunch of new new stuff. So that is amazing. Um, and if there's a bunch of you that are like, oh yeah, we want weekly content. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Ryan and I would 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 uh, consider, but right now I guess it's 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 a little bit tough for us i think yeah and you know i've thought about what we do in the off weeks and you know caden is getting a lot more vocal and he's he's wondering like he 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 comes into the office he sees my setup you know he will tell stories he will will talk he's talking about his his the movies you know like we um he watched the incredibles and he's like oh my gosh that's so incredible i'm the incredibles and I think, like, in terms of off weeks, it would be... I've thought about, you know, doing some, some mini episodes, recording some stuff with Caden, and and doing that, not, you know, selfishly for myself to have it uh, as an archive, but also just to, to add extra content to the feed. It's something I've thought about, because um, Caden's definitely interested uh, in, in just kind of telling stories and talking, you know, like, capturing some of those... Uh, words from the mouth or stories from the mouth or whatever stories from the mouth yeah yeah it would be interesting and it's something that would that we could record three or four of in a sitting and then and then sparse those out over over the week but i agree with you like you know you're really into a podcast weekly is sort of the kind of accepted norm for shows like this so um but yeah we're we're, we're cognizant of that and i think uh, i've got some ideas but um, it's just a matter of finding some extra time to to sit down and focus with uh, with the kids. But uh, yeah, Crofton, any other thoughts before we move on? No, but thanks uh, thanks for the the positive feedback yeah. and folks. Dad at tgistudios.com. Send us your emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we love to we'd love to hear hear more more thoughts on on the direction of the show. We're ten episodes in. What you guys like? What you don't like? What you'd like to see more of? What you'd like to see less of? I know you're all going to want more Canadian politics, but just calm yourselves, okay? Maybe we'll talk video games and Canadian politics, but yeah. just slow your roll, all right? This is not going to be the you know Sleeping with the Elephant 2.0, which is a, a podcast I did about Canadian-American politics way back in the day, uh, aka a couple years ago. But I think like it was relevant, so we brought it up. But yes, you're right. It's not 
going to always be Canadian politics. But uh, certainly send us your emails. Go to uh, tgistudios.com slash dad. Find all of the other episodes we've produced over the last year. You can follow us on Twitter. Let Crofton know all about your favorite southern destinations that are family friendly at Crofton Steers. You can tweet myself at R. Murphy. Let me know whether we are uh, just on point with Resident Evil 2. Such a great game. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons & Diapers. Have a great week, and tune in after this. And this is great for the podcast feed as well. We do this live every Tuesday at 8th, every other Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to try You had one job. I know I had one job. It's not written down. How many? It's like, I'm Ron Burgundy? Um... (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to play some video games after this. So if you're listening to the podcast, you want to catch us live, we're going to play some video games after. We're playing Apex Legends. It's going to be great. Have a good two weeks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.